There Fuck we it. go. We're just going to go from here. Okay. You know what? We're going to go from <laughs> here. It's on there. It'll be fine. It's on It's there. our first time. Yeah. Okay. So, so growing up as a kid, you know, you weren't having to worry about much. You, your parents let you do and gave you whatever you liked. Mm-hmm. And that produced a pretty deep sense of entitlement, but you weren't aware of it as a kid. No. When did you become aware of that? Man, it, I became aware of it pretty late. Um, I've always been a late bloomer. Okay. Just kind of not getting things right away. And that comes with the fact that I had no consequence. I just always do it my way and always have to do what I want when I want. And that's not how the world works, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that gets me into a lot of trouble um, along the way. But I, like I what? didn't. What kind of trouble does that look like? Uh, just money problems. Uh, so financial insecurity. Financial, yeah. Okay. I blow through money like it's nothing uh, just because I don't want to wait for it, uh, wait for something and save up. Uh, it's pretty gnarly. Um, and then that goes straight into uh, when I realized was, um, going back to your question, I realized uh, the entitlement around like 21, but I didn't. So later, much yeah, later in life. Uh, I didn't do anything about it then. I kind of went harder into alcohol. And Did uh, someone tell you that you were entitled or did you kind of just like come to the realization on your own? I realized that you had a little bit. There's you, something up. Okay. And I'm not. How did that make you feel when you when you when you came to that realization? Uh, it it was <laughs> it was it was kind of a shock. Like not really a shock. I I mean I was like it was logical. I I saw it. I was like okay, well that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, did but it make you feel any type of way about yourself? It made me yourself, feel a lot worse. <laughs> okay. And that's, I think, when I started going really heavy into alcohol. Okay. Um, I was actually, at the time, I was up in Humboldt State. Um, so all the way up in Humboldt. And uh, all alone, no family around, 12 hours away from everyone, all my friends. Um, so you were isolated. So, yeah, we were in a little small town, and I was up there. Okay. <laughs> um, how, and how old were you? I was, I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so. So at this point, pretty much, you've you've realized that you're rather entitled. Yeah. And it's really started to affect your mental health. Yeah, and that's when I was going to school, and I was kind of just not doing the work, going out, doing partying, and. Right. And that's when I realized, like, wow. Were my, you partying? My grades are coming and like shit. Okay. Were so. you partying to cope with the feelings? Yeah, I was. I just. I didn't like feeling anything, mm. so I would That's go a lot out of us. A lot and of get us don't like stupid drunk, and then I'd feel it all. <laughs> and then I'd do it <laughs> so again, it kinda, So it kind of backfired. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to yeah. get really hammered. I'm not going to feel a thing. Yeah, no. Eight beers later, why am I so <laughs> sad? <laughs> Two pizzas That's, in. <laughs> al- alcohol is an accelerant, man. Yeah. It's going to it's gonna, it's gonna wildfire anything that you already that, that's going on in your subconscious. That's... Really, any mood change in your mind-altering substance. Yeah. Because it's whatever's going on internally, especially like psychedelics, it's going to bring that right up to the surface. And there's no running from it then, especially on mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Okay, so mushrooms. you got in your 20s, and you started really kind of... Yeah, so I, uh, so then, uh, partying, na-na-na. How old are you now? You're 28? No, 30. 30. 30. <laughs> 30. Okay. 
Okay, so thirty us, years old. So take us to like the past couple of years, like when you and I met. All right. Um. So, I got into the music industry around twenty seven. Lath is a killer photographer for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> by the way, he goes he goes by the name Mighty Lion Shoots on Instagram. So make sure you guys follow his page. Thank you. Check him out. The guy's got the eagle eye. I try. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what were we talking about? So you got uh-huh. involved in music. Um, yeah, I got involved in the music industry uh, through some friends of mine and uh, started getting heavy into um, drinking here. Uh, I had I come back here. Um, I dropped out of Humboldt um, because I was like a semester away from graduating too, and I just <laughs> dropped out. Uh, but uh, oh, I can. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I started getting into drugs and acid and Did you get in? Now, had, you, had you not done that stuff prior to getting involved in music? I had not done that okay. stuff. I've done, I, I did acid, right. acid before. But not, not coke and mushrooms. or anything heavier, right? No, no coke, none of that. So uh, why do you think you, what, what do you think drew you to that when you got involved in music? Was it, the, was it because it was so easily accessible? Well, that's it is. that is one of the reasons. Okay. But the other, the main reason was I'm such a morning person. It, I, I'm terrible at staying up all night. Okay. So I'd be a morning person. I'd wake up at 2 a.m. Right. And then I'd still be able to stay out till 2 a.m. And I'd just be up, you know? Right. I'd just be wired. Okay. But, and then I, it's just, it's so bad. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's going on over the, so you got... Got over the scene, got involved in drugs and alcohol a bit yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. So how did that make you feel? How did you start to feel mentally and emotionally? Uh, I started feeling better for some reason because I was so high all the time. I just like, yeah, fuck yeah, woo, and like, no care in the world. But again, the entitlement. I wasn't taking care of business. I was I was parting my life away. I was spending money I didn't have. Racking up credit, um, stupid shit. Uh, but that made me feel shitty uh, because every once in a while I'd see the bank account and I'd be like, "Oh fuck, uh, I'm a piece of shit." Uh, but so you've got a thing for self-deprecation. Yes, yes, I like. You make a poor I decision like and you beat yourself up. I'm a I'm it. a big poor me guy. Okay. Yeah. Poor me, poor me, another <laughs> one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Alcohol and poor me go hand in hand. <laughs> you get real sad, and you go, you know what? I want you to pour me. Pour me another one. Okay. So we've seen the drugs and alcohol has a big effect on your mental health. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, I've got such an addictive personality mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter what I touch. Money, drugs. Women. Women. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I Once I am starting to hang out with people even. I'll get addicted to hanging out with them and then I'll want to just always hang out with them. Mm-hmm. It's, I've got a lot going on, guys. Uh, I also suffer from bipolar disorder. Oh, that makes, <laughs> which a, is, that's, that makes a lot of sense for everything. So my uh, views, I, I go from very manic to very depressed really quick. And Hot and cold I, like that, huh? It's actually like... Um, yeah, it's I could switch up twice a week and like normal uh, bipolar is like I think switching like twice a year mm-hmm. or something. A year a little more. 
and I hope twice a week is a little bit more. Okay. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm on medications now. I when, was very when hesitant. Get, when did you get diagnosed uh, bipolar? Uh, like a couple years ago. Okay. Oh, yeah. so with okay. recent, recent. So was that after you got involved in music or before? It was after. Okay. Uh, it was after I got off of all the acid and the cocaine and ah yeah that'll do it. Yeah, I that'll wanted I wanted to start helping myself and I went to a psychiatrist. And Good. When, when was that? Uh, I don't. It's about two I years. Somewhere too much in the past weed. couple. <laughs> years. Remember so somewhere that. in the past couple of years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so once you so once you realized you had an issue, mm-hmm. what was so what was the wake up call? What was the like? You know what? I need to start doing something for my mental health. I was just in a dark place. Okay. Um, I was. What does a dark place look like for you, Lee? <laughs> uh, just kind of staying away from people. Um, I was. What was drinking? My, I was still drinking at that point, and I was drinking by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot every day. And uh, just IPAs, just super strong because I just wanted to get fucked up and not feel. Um, but sorry for the heaviness, everyone. No, that's the point, Lee. Hello. <laughs> um, it's all good, Lee. We're awake. Um, but yeah. Uh, shit. I, what was I going with? You were going with the, this was I the lose very my train bottom. of thought yeah, really that's quick. That's okay. So too. so where we're at is you got to the very you hit a rock bottom. Over the past year, yeah, years. yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's where you started to go. I need to get help. That's what we're exactly, about. yeah, yeah, okay. So you started drinking by yourself every day, and that's when you go, all right. Something's yeah, wrong. I was, I was like, I took, I think, I took a Xanax, mm-hmm. and to try to calm myself down. But I had been drinking. Ooh, that's an interesting mix. This was the point mix I'm where with. I fucked up. Right. I don't remember that night. I apparently was. Running around my street, like, fucking screaming and shit. I, I was on a good one, apparently. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't thinking. And I was like, fuck it. Uh, let's see how fucked I can get. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, after that, I was like, I don't want to not remember yelling at my neighbors and doing stuff that's not very toler- like tolerant. Tolerable. Just, just don't want to not be yourself. I want to be myself. That's right. that's the point. Yeah. Okay. So you started to get help. What did that? And what did getting help look like? So the help, doctor got diagnosed bipolar. Yeah. Um. Whew, getting help was a, a mission. Uh. So. The drugs that they prescribe you, it's a guessing game at first. So they're like, hmm, let's see if this works. Oh, I'm throwing up. That didn't work. Let's try this one. Oh, I'm throwing up again. That didn't work. <laughs> Let's try this one. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Oh, I feel like I'm going to die. <laughs> Let's not do that one. <laughs> and then, like, just crazy side effects, side, af- side effect after side effect after side effect. And I, Sorry. I, I almost got over it and was like, I don't even want help anymore because this is just making me feel like shit. I w- which is entirely understandable, feeling a bit like a lab rat. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean... But I stuck through it. I found one that's, I guess, working. It's been helping? It's helping. Okay, no, um, no terrible side effects, no throwing up? No, no no side effects, none of that crap. Um, okay. But I'm better than I was. I was, I mean, I was 
getting really bad at that point. I was starting to switch basically too from man, manic like to depressed within a day. Wow. Yeah. That sounds scary. Oh, uh, it was it was really bad. I was yeah, no, it's terrifying because one minute I'm like walking around like, Yeah, I want that, I want that, oh yeah. And then I'm like, Oh fuck, why'd I do that? But it's like I mean, obviously you're gonna feel bad after you do something stupid. Yeah. Well but sometimes I Get so manic that I don't think. Mm-hmm. So the medicine now. Your impulse, I haven't your had impulses are just like. Yeah, yeah. If I see it, I buy it. No it, impulse control. No, at all. none. Uh, it's another flaw of mine. It's not a. <laughs> but um, another thing um, about that. What was I? Uh, when so, the, so, so where we're going is you. You've got to the point where you've gotten diagnosed with bipolar. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get help. You found the right medicine. How about like physically? How, so are you, how are you feeling physically? Physically now, because your body the, going from thing. pouring drugs and alcohol into it to not, your body's gonna go. Oh, yeah. What are you doing to me? Yeah, I got off the alcohol. Um, shit. How did year, you feel? Year how and did half you ago? feel physically on all the booze and everything? Off of it? No, on. So physically, physically? how did you oh, feel? Oh, dude, I, was, I felt like a fat piece of shit. Okay, see. So <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. I felt like I was a loser, man. I'm asking late this because he put a lot of work into his body and looks like a fucking sexy beast. I'm not. Uh, Shut up, late. I'm not that good. He's he is delicious, okay, ladies. <laughs> I appreciate Just so that. we both, so we all know. Appreciate that. This let's, is a hunk of man right here. About, let's talk about my fucked up health. <laughs> this is part of your fucked up health. He doesn't want to talk good about himself. That's part of it. Right. Okay, so you got, I did a good thing. So you got involved in exercise. You got, you got yeah. I got the off right alcohol. Kind of medicine for yourself. Got off all. I got off of marijuana completely for a while. Okay, when's the last? So how long did that gist of no booze, no weed, no nothing last? No booze. I'm still going strong. A year and a half later. Good for you. Hell yeah. Good for you, dude. And um, for weed, I did, it was like three months. Okay, but that's still okay. three months more than I've ever done. Yeah, in the yeah. past. Hey five, man, progress, not perfection. Okay? Twelve years that I've been smoking. Right. I've only been smoking since I've been 18. Right. I'm one of those guys, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was good. <laughs> um, I drank before I was 21, though. Right. Right. Uh, anyway. Rebel. Uh, drugs. Uh, I got healthy, started eating healthy, scheduling, uh, waking up every morning, like 2 a.m., going to the gym, just kicking ass, I guess, every day. For two months, and I lost like I think it was fifty pounds. That's a big accomplishment and a huge I, accomplishment. My confidence after that went up. Grew your hair like, out. Yeah, I grew my grew hair out. Uh, made some dreads. Yeah, we shout out to Alexis. <laughs> and uh, what else? I did. I did that, and then I got back on the weed. Yeah. Um, so how did so? Okay, so. Got off the booze and felt great. Yeah, got I felt off the weed and felt great. I felt great. So what drew us back to the weed? So it was one bad day. Mm. It took one bad day. That's all it took. And uh, I, I, I was just having a shit. I don't remember why, but I was in a shit mood, and I was like, "Fuck it!" I have these little Jolly Ranchers. I'll just eat one of those. Edible, oh, an edible joint. And 50 milligram. Eh, it's Ooh, not going to do anything. Mu- after three months, After though, three oh months of a... T- boy, that's oh, going to yeah. send you for a ride. I was like... <laughs> Boys, go get me food. Right? 
talking to the dogs, look, <laughs> you guys are going to have to grow thumbs and figure this out. I need some help. <laughs> I need some help. <laughs> yeah, no, that was... I was like, that's the most fucked up I've ever been on a 50 milligram edible yeah, in my life. Good lord. That was intense. So what, what's our relationship with cannabis, Nate? What's um, your, what, how does cannabis work for you? How does it affect you? It really helps me just relax and um, get through the day, um, I guess. Okay. Is uh, it, and is that in all of its variations? No. Okay. In flower form, it can be good. Okay. For me, concentrates are the problem because you know how I had told you about how I like to spend money. Yeah. And concentrates are a little expensive, expensive yeah. from delivery services that I use. Yeah. Um, I mean, even even without a delivery service, a, a good gram of wax <laughs> goes for 40 or 50 At bucks. one point, I was going through so much wax, I was spending like, I think I was going through, fuck, two, more than 200 a week. Wow. On, on wax, just that's a, like on wax. almost a grand a month. Yeah, and I mean, and that's all I was doing was dabbing, 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 and then. Do you feel like any time I had free time, I was, I was just dab after dab right. after dab. Do you feel like the strength and potency of the wax had a lot to do with the inability to like get off? Yeah. Well, because like it's nowhere near. It's like so anyone that's not familiar with cannabis and its variations. So there's the flower, which is what most people are familiar with. Then there's concentrates, which comes in um, wax. wax form, butter form, crumble form, so on and so forth. Shatter. And it's a mu- so concentrate is the most highest is the highest form of the THC, THC concentrate that you can that you can obtain. Yeah. So when you're dabbing this stuff, it's not just it's not like taking a bong rip. You're like taking one dab is the equivalent of taking a whole bowl down in one rip. And not I'm not talking about a bong sound. I'm talking about a bowl. Yeah. Um, so doing that on a consistent basis like you were was probably really, really bad for your mental health. So for wax, <laughs> I started smoking wax about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, right around the time it started to kind of get come more popular. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just religiously have smoked wax only. Only wax, no flour, nothing. Right. For fuck the whole time. Right. And uh, now... I'm actually trying to get back off of it because right. once I got off of it the first time with all the alcohol and everything and got off all the weight, I, I was feeling good about myself. Yeah. yeah. I I w- and then now I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I'm spending money again and I'm getting right back into those fucking habits. Right. So. Hey, sh- hey kudos to you for knowing the being aware of the habits and then using an a- using action behind the awareness to get through that that's hard to do yeah it's it's not, one thing to be aware it's not easy <laughs> no it's one it's one thing to be aware cuz a lot of us have the ability to be like aware of something that we're doing wrong but a lot of us also lack the ability to put action behind the awareness so kudos to you for that dude uh, um, but yeah um so, so where are we at with wax now wax now we are a dab every morning okay we're down to a dab every morning Versus a dab versus every fucking ten seconds. Every ten fucking uh, every fucking minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's no, good. So is the goal to get off wax entirely, or yeah. how to moderate? I'm trying to get off of it completely. Good. So I'm almost there. Good. Um, and I'm feeling less and less. Dude, I get like the shakes, shakes and shit and jitters, bro. It's yeah. it's not a joke. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely. Uh, it's strong stuff. It's I don't know why it might it could just be me. 
I don't know if there's anyone else who has struggled with getting off of wax, but if there is, hit us up. I want to know what your story is. Um, but it's it's not easy to get off of um, when you want to if you've done it as frequently as I uh, as I used it. Um, everybody's endocannabinoid system is different. You yeah. Know? So everybody processes the cannabis plant because so we're all. I'm not, built, I'm not Josh Heinrich. We're all built with an endocannabinoid. <laughs> we all have an endocannabinoid system in our in our uh, in us, right? So the way that cannabis affects each one of us is different. Some people will smoke an indica and be like like they drink a full cup of coffee. They're shot. You know, they're wired. Some people will smoke a sativa and they'll go straight to sleep, which would be the counter. Which would be the opposite effects of those of those strains. So for late, you know, for him and his system, like clearly, like him taking wax is like him doing a bump. It sends him up through the roof, and yeah. then he can't seem to get off of it. Yeah. For someone like me, I take dabs. I go, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I go in the middle. You know, so it's like there are. I'm sure there are a handful of people out there that have the same. I I know a handful of people that have a tough time with wax. Yeah. Not I don't know I don't know them well enough to the degree that it affects you, but I know for a fact that you aren't alone. Yet, Definitely. So. It's cool that you're open about that. Yeah, it's hard to go through it because it's like, it feels silly. It's like, oh, it's just weed. Why is it so hard? I must be an idiot. Like, I must be stupid. There's something wrong Which with me. Which he isn't. I'm not. But I know this. That's but right. um, That's what I like to hear. No, it's just, it's rough because you, you get in your head so hard and it's, yeah. That's that whole self, self-detriment thing. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite. You and I, you and I have that in common. That's we have that favorite. bat just Oogie right woogie. there in our hand. Just like, oh, yeah. I don't like me. I don't like me. I don't like me. It's real hard to put it down. Yeah. Okay, so what got that us... Helps, that, wh- does, that hurts relationships, too. It does. <laughs> so what got us here? Where? How do we get here today? So I am here today because I don't want... I want to I wanna fuck... I'm 30 years old. I want to grow the fuck up. I want to stop spending money on stupid shit, and I want to take care of my health and take care of my finance and... And yeah, I just I, I'm sick of feeling like a fool. You kind of want to get right, uh, right? Yep, right in the feels. Ah, didn't wait. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> there it Try was. To get right in the feels. So the soundboard that we have here has a few different sound effects. One being the and then the fucking sad. What is over here? I don't know. I don't know what you just did. What'd you do? What are you there's, doing? There's others. He broke it. No, there's, no, there's we more. can we can add effects to this. Okay, cool. let's not fuck with it though. Let's like, oh, oh there was the fucking Disney. Bring. Anyway, sorry but, guys. You okay, can't, they can't hear this right now. So late. Thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. Good job, dude. Yeah, appreciate dog. you. It took a little thirty minutes. That's all right. That's good. That's, all right. that's the that's the point. We're sitting here <laughs> talking, and I appreciate learning these things about you. Yeah. So Lath and I have been friends about the time he got involved in music. Um, I have been involved in music since I was in my like mid twenties, um, and I met Lath about three years ago through the tank, right around twenty twenty. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I watched him grow a lot. I don't, you know, I actually learned more about him today too, um, but I I have really watched you over the past few years, and I've watched I watched you go through that. I watched you just destroy yourself, yeah. and then I watched you pick yourself up out of that and get back and fight. And you've done a really, really good job. You've come a long way physically, emotionally, mentally. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. I'm really, really proud of you. So Appreciate let's give some kudos lot. to Lath. 
Yeah, <laughs> I got the button right that time. You got the button. Right. You can read them too. Oh, and I can fucking. That's right. I can turn it. I can fade it in and out. I forgot. Uh, oh, I can. Well, you know, I'm a little old, Lath. I can't really. Oh yeah, here. So because yeah, so hey, take a bong rip. Good job. Let's give the Lath another round of applause. Yeah, Lath did a good job. Another thing job. about me, I have horrible stage fright. So this is like, this was a lot for me. Yeah. So all you feel lucky. <laughs> all you other people that deal with social anxiety, Lath is is evidence that you can get through it. Uh, we're smoking on some um, Oreo, Oreo cookies um, by my good buddy, Dr. Rika. So make sure you guys give him some love, too, on Instagram. How's it taste, Lathe? Oh, Better? Like a breath of fresh air. Like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> that's what I like to hear right there. <laughs> All right, so a little bit about me. Let's go. <coughs> so um, <laughs> I grew up uh, over in Torrance. Um, I grew up. And not the greatest and healthiest household. Now, my dad was a hardworking man, so we had a roof over our head. I, I didn't want for a lot of things. Um, but both my parents were uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. My mother a drug addict, my father an alcoholic. I'm actually supposed to get a whiff of Blake. Yeah, go Just for it. Just give me a second. So, mom was a drug addict, dad was an alcoholic. I was the Molotov cocktail of both. <coughs> so early on in my life, <coughs> I was exposed to a lot of really unhealthy things. I saw a lot of shit that a child shouldn't see. I experienced a lot of abuse, both both emotional and mental. Both, I'm sorry, both emotional and physical, um, <coughs> which produced a a, uh, a deep sense of fear in me very early on in my life. That's something that's gonna follow me and correlate through most of my story, or correlate with most <coughs> of my story. Um, Still really warm. Yeah, you're good. You're good. So I got into uh, I got into high school, um, found drugs and alcohol. I was like, hey, this will help me fit in, because at the end of the day, that's what my main draw to, to drugs and alcohol was. I I I, I lacked attention. From my family, who were incapable incapable of giving that because they were drug addicts and alcoholics themselves, so I drew it, or I I I, um, I longed for it, and uh, and I found that answer in drugs and alcohol. I said, well, people will hang out with me if I party with them, and eventually that partying turned into I can't stop partying. Dropped out of high school, got into a bunch of trouble, went to jail. Um, so on and so forth. I got out of jail in when I so I went to prison, not county jail. When I was 19 years old, um, I tell you the difference between the two because two, while both um, uh, both any form of incarceration is gonna fuck somebody up mentally. Um, the difference I felt between going to county jail versus a state penitentiary were two entirely different worlds. Um, going to a state penitentiary as a 19-year-old was traumatizing, to say the least. I saw a lot of, a lot of things that were really, really scary, um, because the prison system in America is not built for uh, conducive mental health. It is, it is to make you feel like a criminal. It is to make you feel like what you've done. Anyway, so I went through that at 19, got out of prison, thank God, um, got involved in twelve step in a 12-step program. Uh, I got involved in AA and was sober from the time I was 20 until I was about 23, give or take. Yeah. 
and fell off the old wagon because I uh, so something else that's prevalent with me is I like late have a certain sense of entitlement I'll get I'll I'll start to do really good in life right I'll get my shit together and be like you know what let me just ease off the gas a little bit let me just let me fuck off a little bit and that fucking off will snowball in me in my life real quick so that happened a few times in my twenties fell off the wagon a handful of times got to uh, 2019. And hit a real, real hard wall. Um, had been so I, I, I had gotten my life all together. Got I had my first apartment. I had a good car. Had a great woman. Had every had a great job. Everything in life was going splendid. And then I did the Kyle thing, and I went and he threw a monkey wrench into that. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Ended up getting caught drinking, cheating, lying, stealing. Oh, the whole, the whole, no. just, just, just. I wish I had an explosion, fucking car halt. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. But that's exactly what my life turned into. One big dumpster fire. And not for the first, not for the second, but for like the third time in my life. This is at the end of my 20s, right? Yeah. And so I hit, I hit this wall, and I lose everything. And I decide... So this is pr- a big part of my mental health story. Um, so 2000, July 2019, I hit a real hard wall and uh, decided I didn't want to live anymore. I'd gotten really, really low. I'd been drinking by myself, so I'd I had lost my apartment. Went down, moved down to San Diego. That went in, went up in flames. I came back up here to Long Beach. Was living on someone's couch, drinking, just, just not, just an absolute mess. Um, and I decided I didn't want to live anymore. I decided I couldn't do this, and I wanted to give up. And uh, I decided to lay down in the middle of the street and see if a car would hit me. Fuck. This was in the middle of the night. This was at like one of some, you know, some awful time in the morning. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I was drunk, and I uh, lay down in the middle of the street, and nobody would hit me. And that's when it hit me. Yeah, I was so pathetic, I couldn't even die. I'm like, well, Kyle, y- you've hit the official bottom of the bottom. You really have no choice but to swim back up from here, because yeah. it's not going to get much lower than this. You can't even yeah, die. <laughs> Shout out to the people that were driving that went, eh, I'm not going to run that guy over. Thank you. Uh, no thanks. Thanks for, not, yeah, thanks for not hitting me. Um, but I got sober. I got off alcohol. Good. Um, so for me, and why I asked late. How long ago was that? That was July 2019. So I'm coming up on uh, four years. That's right around when I met you. Yeah. That's yeah, not, not long not afterwards, long. dude. About a few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, you met me like six months into my sobriety. Um, that's so that's proud of you. So I, thank you. I appreciate that. So I asked Lath about his relationship with cannabis because, you know, that, this, that so cannabis has a big part of, of what how how my mental health is affected. Um, a big part of what helps Lath and what helps a lot of people. So this is a very 420 friendly podcast. Obviously, I'm always smokes Batman. This is Mighty Lion. If you know either one of us, you know for a fact, at least you know, you're not, you know what I'm saying? Don't leave me hanging, Lath. Um. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so uh, I got off. I got off the alcohol in 2019, and uh, the the old cannabis plant, old, old Mary Jane here, has been a huge um, plus in my life. So throughout my life, I had you know my relationship with weed changed a couple times. When I was a teenager, like most of us, I smoked weed to get high. Blah blah blah. I got in trouble. Got off everything. So on and so forth. Got into my 20s. Got really sick. Um, and what I mean by sick is I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. So two things, both a mental and physical ailment, that mm. drew me to 
learn a bit more about the cannabis plant. Because at that point in my life, I'm like, okay, this isn't just some funny thing that people smoke to feel good. This has a lot of medical benefits. So I studied it. I didn't just fucking go out and just buy weed. I went and decided, okay, I want to look up hybrids, indica, sativa. What do each one of these mean? How are these going to affect me mentally, emotionally, physically? What's going to be the best for me? Okay. And so cannabis, and and even earlier in my life, my stepfather um, taught me from from a very early age that weed is always here to help you. This is your tool. This is your buddy. This is to help you figure things out. This is... this is to reward yourself. This is a plus. No matter what, this is always a plus. And because of that, because of being taught that early on, my relationship with cannabis was never the same. It was always, this is here to help. And so yeah. for me, cannabis has always been like, spinach to Popeye, weed to Kyle. Same thing. Um, so cannabis helped me get off the alcohol, helped me cope with withdrawals, because like you, dude, I like so how, how wax affected you, alcohol affected me. Now, I didn't have severe physical shakes, but physically I felt, oh, man, I was gray. So there's a, I have a thing on my Instagram um, from uh, years ago when I was drinking, like, a lot. I, and my, everything about me, I look like a corpse. I look gross. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, alcohol affects me both mentally, physically. So getting off of it, you know, I got my shine back. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't really enough. You know, it's like, so for me, it's like you can get a, you can get a horse thief sober, but you still got a horse thief, right? Yeah. So I, I, I'm now the sober horse thief. It's like, oh, well, great. No more booze. Now what do I do? Yeah. I don't know how to deal with my feelings. I don't know how to deal with me. I don't know how to deal with my emotions. I'll take another long break. Yeah, hit, it, hit, it, hit it. So. 2019, I get off the booze. 2020 rolls around. The pandemic happens. And this is, for me, where the story takes another drop. Um, so I got into uh, I got into a relationship uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And for a person like me, um, isolation, isolation is my absolute worst enemy. I'm an extrovert. Mm-hmm. I'm an entertainer. I need to be around people. I need to be. I need to be. Yeah. See, we're, this, that's why this works. <laughs> yeah. Because you can see from both perspectives. Yeah. Both perspectives. Both the two norm. The two most common perspectives. Both introverted and extrovert. Anyway, so I'm an extrovert. So you put me in a box. You took. You took. Yeah. And it really. Um. It really fucked me up, man. Spending all my time inside, not knowing if. My family was gonna get my family members would get sick if I would get sick. When I could go back out, when I could go back to shows, when because I got involved in uh, reggae music in 2016. Um, little sorry, a little backtrack here for a second. So I got involved in music. So got sick, found cannabis, got involved in reggae music. That's where Holy Smokes Batman came from. Anyone that knows me knows the story. Blah 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 blah. We'll get into that later. That's not really that relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. My involvement in music stops. I get I'm, I'm no longer on stage. Everything that I'd been doing that really was helping form a positive mental health mm-hmm. all just deteriorated. Mm-hmm. And then I hopped into a relationship, you know. And so it's like that. How do I put this? The boat could only sail for so long because there were holes. Yeah. And I'm plugging and plugging and plugging. And the longer that this goes on, the more time I spend in isolation, the worse I'm starting to get. 
I'm not able to, you know, I'm not able to process my emotions properly. I don't, I don't know how to deal with a lot of what's going on in my head. I don't know how to deal with a lot of what's going on in the world around me. Because, like I said, I'd gotten off the booze, but didn't really find any recover. The only recovery I'd found is it was from not drinking. But I'd found no um, real help or healing from everything, pro- everything that led me to the alcohol. What made me drink in the first place, you know, like... There was a lot of trauma in my childhood. There was a lot of trauma. I had a lot of trauma most of my I've gone through traumatic experiences most of my life. Thus the PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, so I so all of that really came to a head um, during the pandemic, you know, and I made some really poor choices. I hurt some people. Um, I hurt myself. Um, and I lost everything again. I managed, thank God I had managed not to drink. Um, but I had I had I had hit the bottom again. I was ready to die again. I I had um I had gotten really low. Um my relationship had gone kablooey. Um I, you know, hadn't been working like most of us. I just I I hit another really I didn't think I could hit another bottom as hard as I did when I quit drinking and I was wrong. Mm. Um and uh I once again did something foolish. Um this time while I was driving my car. Uh, warning graphic content um i decided i didn't i decided i was done and uh i drove my car in between two semi trucks and by i missed by by a hair had i had i gone a little bit faster a little bit or a little bit slower those semis would have squished me and it would have been a wrap and um i was scared i was really really scared yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't talk to a lot yeah. of people about it. Um, but I got so, so at that point, once again, I went, okay, Kyle, you need to get help. Something's wrong. Um, and I got into therapy. And man, therapy saved my life. One thing I do need to get into. Therapy really, like I, I when I tell you I was broken late, I was broken. I was, I felt like a shelved toy. If anyone's ever seen Toy Story, if anyone knows who Wheezy is, Wheezy the Penguin. He got put on the shelf because his voice box was broken. And he was heartbroken because of it. He's up there collecting dust. I felt like Wheezy the Penguin. I felt like I'd been shelved. But I am the one but I was the one who'd shelved me. You know? So yeah, I know. I I'm long winded. Um but so I got into therapy and I got help. I was gonna be so happy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking if there was I was I keep looking at the time because oh, I really? know I well yeah, because Duh! Like I know how much I talk, so I need to know. No, that dude, I talked forever. You got, you got time. You really didn't. I, you talked for. Oh, well, you gave us a good. Minutes. You gave us a. You gave I us gave a good twenty some minutes. You gave us a good. Yeah, you gave us a good piece. I've not been talking for eight here. minutes. I've been talking for a good like fifteen minutes. Maybe. Yeah, but either way. Um, <laughs> so I got into therapy. I got, I got, I got help. I desperately, desperately need help. And to anyone out there that's ever struggled with suicidal thoughts, a. Te- uh, attempting to take their own life to anyone that struggled with depression anxiety like him and i have described today please please ask for help you're 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 it doesn't make you weak it doesn't make you less than it it, it, it if anything the epitome of strength is be is, is the ability to ask for help when needed a courageous man knows when to ask for help a courageous person whatever you want to call it okay um but so i got into therapy and it really, really made a significant difference um, in my mental health. Uh, the lady I got involved with, her name is uh, Julie. Um, she's a 
So it's, this was so, so I experienced therapy in a lot of different times in my life. From the time, so like Lath with his prescription or with his experience with prescription medicine, figuring out his bipolar, I suffer from severe ADHD and have my entire life. So I, as a kid, was like a lab rat. They were filling me full of fucking pills, I was full of Ritalin and this and that. Yeah, all kind, and it was fucked up. And they took me off of it because they saw that it was affecting me in a terrible way. I went from being this lively, happy kid to being a zombie. Really? I lost a bunch of weight. I got anorexic. They were having to make me drink insurance. It's like wow. I went from being me like this to a recluse in my room. Wow. It was really bad. Yeah, my mom knew like it was time to get him off his shit. Anyway, so um, where was I going with that? Where was I going with that, Lee? Uh, drugs. Uh, oh, that's right. Therapy. Therapy. So, yeah, so, therapy. So, so, so I had gone through a lot of different therapy as a child because of that, this, that, and the other from – Really good therapists. Shout out to childhood therapists that are really good out there because there are some. There are some really, really awesome children therapists out there that help shape people like me, that help heal people like me. So shout out to therapists that are children therapists, therapists in general. But um, so I experienced a lot of different kinds of therapy through my life. Uh, Working with Julie was the very first time I'd worked with a uh, a holistic therapist, someone who was really more into the spirituality of things. Yeah, yeah. A much more, let's call it, for lack of a better way to describe it, much more woke. Pers- well, not, I don't even like woke. No, that's a terrible to say that. She's just very open-minded, man. She looks into the energy. She believes in energy. She okay, believes so in the it's way like that a lay down and do some DMT thing. <laughs> well, we d- we had a mushroom ceremony, her, th- her whole therapy business that she has. So kind of not really. But, but so the lady ha- has a very holistic view of things, which is really, really good. It was really different for me. Also, was really helpful because I, at that point in my life, had gotten into that. I'd gotten into crystals and energy and the universe and really had found my spirituality there, which is something else I need to uh, point out, that finding whatever your spirituality looks like, whether that's, you know, Jesus, Buddha, you know, Jehovah, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you, that is I what I've learned is crucial for everybody in their life. They need something to believe, something bigger than themselves, yeah. whether that be the flying spaghetti monster or Jesus Christ on the cross, whatever it looks like for you, that's that's okay. Um, we don't judge. Yeah, we don't judge here. But so uh, this different type of therapy really, really helped me, really helped expand my mind. Julie taught me how to observe myself, and that's really the growth where I found the real raw growth. She, what? I'll grab this. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to grind up more weed, here. Grinder, herbage, bongage. Yeah, they make a pair of this. Um, so Julie really helped me, you know, learn how to observe myself, be aware. That is where I found real growth was the awareness and then the action behind it. And from there, so that was about 2022. That was about the beginning of 2022. Um, I've been in therapy now for a little bit over a year. Um, that relation. So a lot of things in my life changed. Uh, the relationship ended. The job changed. Um, I became a lifeguard. Which was really, which is, and I am now still, which is really, really cool. Um, I also got a job uh, as a server at a yacht club, which is a really awesome job. Um, I got a, I got out of a very toxic living environment, which also we'll talk about in later episodes. Um, I got a very, got out of a very toxic living environment, uh, moved to a studio on the beach, um, over in Belmont Shore, and man, I've got it good. Life is beautiful. Oh yeah, dude, it's Life a is beautiful area. Yeah. I've seen so, your place. Uh, I haven't been in it, but I've seen it. Yeah, you got to come over. You just got to tell me when you want to come over. Um, but yeah, uh, life really changed for the better. And it wasn't um, 
You know, it wasn't something I expected. It wasn't something I had planned for. You know, none of the things in life I feel like that, that mean the most were ones that weren't really planned. Um, and it's really, uh, it's yeah, life has been really I, – I, I don't feel like a broken toy anymore. That's good. And that's what really drew me to do this with Lathe. You um, found your voice. Yeah, man. Exa- exactly. I got my voice box fixed. Kind of like uh, Bumblebee in Transformers, you know. It's like the radio noises that come out, you know, on KNX 540. You know, <laughs> but yes, that's what drew me to want to do this with Lathe. We both have a desire, um, shared desire to grow both our mental capacity, our emotional capacity. Um, and we want to help other people do that, too. You know, we know how much it means, especially especially for artists like ourselves, someone who's a photographer, someone who's an entertainer. You know, there's a lot that goes on on stage, off the stage. There's a lot of pressures that we deal with. There's a lot of things that we deal with when we tour, when we go out on the road. Tour life is not easy on the ment- on the on the old brain. It can really really take a toll and really mm-hmm. really take people down, which I I can say is one, when I got involved in music, I like late was like, wow, this that and the other is available to me. And I was drinking like a fish and partying like a rock star and so that uh, is today is what brought us here today um, to create our Right in the Field podcast. Yeah. We created this podcast because we want to give a voice to the people that struggle with their mental health, both on and off the road, both on and off the stage. We both want to grow as friends. We want to grow emotionally and mentally, you know. And as and as men, you know, this is really something that's uncommon. Men don't really sit and talk about their feelings at all. And True. we want to give a voice to that as well because, like, as, as a man to, in today's society, it's still very difficult to be open about your feelings, be open about, about, about your emotions because there's still – unfortunately a very misogynistic view you know on what men and who men should be so <sighs> you know i kind of have to like try to stop talking a lot of the time like i'll catch myself like i'll go with uh, i'll catch the end of it right late mm-hmm. and then i'll go there's a whole nother line that just, <laughs> just right up to the forefront of my brain and it's like wait kyle pause <laughs> Oh, you know, one we got time. Yeah, we got about 15 minutes. So, yeah, so one yeah. more piece of of, uh, of growth I want to share with you guys that maybe Lath can – I think I've talked – I actually have talked a lot to Lath about this, and I want to make sure I make it open for him here on this page. Um, so like – so I struggle with alcohol. Um, I also, like Lath, have a very addictive personality, um, and that addictive personality um, manifests itself in pornography. Por- pornography for me. I've been watching pornography since I was about six years old. Wow. From a very That's early, un- unhealthy, unhealthy age. Yes, not a, a child should not be seeing the things no. that I was seeing. No, not at and all. And so I grew addicted to that um, very early on. And, I, and as I would go through therapy, this, that, and the other. So pornography affects everybody. Just like cannabis, just like any mood-changing, mind-altering substance content that you that you take uh, in it affects everybody differently some people can you know there's some people that can watch porn and the other and it well yeah but there's some people that can do that and not affect yeah i'm not that type of person pornography affected me physically emotionally uh my impulse control was horrible it affected all my relationships every single relationship that i'd been in pornography had a negative effect on i can tell you that firsthand um so i struggle with that my entire life um, wow. but how is that? I can say today, this feels good, dude. I can say today I am o- about over a month free. 
Oh wow! Okay. I've I've been a month free in a long time. I've I over the years had tried to get off because I knew I had a I knew I had a problem pretty early on. <laughs> when you're like, <laughs> when you're like skating down the street and pulling out and fucking stopping to go beat off behind a dumpster at McDonald's when oh, you're like shit. 19 years old, there might be something wrong, people. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Beat the meat at any time, any place. <laughs> um, and it was like I said, really. So, so today, I am thirty days free of it, or over a little over thirty days, and it feels amazing. Uh, oh, yeah, so, uh, feels good. Feels really good. Um, mentally, emotionally, I feel clearer than I ever have. Oh yeah. Um, because at the point that I had gotten to, pornography was no longer about finding release. Was no longer about having any kind of relief. So it no longer did what it was supposed to do. Mm. I wasn't watching it and finding relief. Like I said, I would watch it, do what I would do, and feel nothing. Mm. And then just rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, wow. rinse, repeat. For hours sometimes. I wouldn't leave my house, wouldn't leave my apartment for a whole day. Just sitting there and watching and watching and watching and watching and watching and watching. Wow. And it, and it went, so the best way I can describe that it made me feel was like it felt like it put a weighted blanket on me. Mm-hmm. And that weighted blanket kept me from feeling in every capacity. Love, the ability to feel love, the ability to give love, the ability to perform sexually, the ability to desire, the way that I desired sex, the way that I could control my sexual impulses and urges. And, and just, it was just, like I said, an overall effect on my mental health. Now, off of it, I can say that I feel better. I feel clearer emotionally. My thought process is so much smoother. I don't feel like a. A lot of the times, Stop. I don't feel like a like a like a. You ever see a um, a rubber band ball? It's all knotted up and fucking crazy looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what my brain and body felt like on porn. Like dude. it was like pulling and pushing and just all the same fucking, fucking ma- way. Just a train wreck, a yeah, mess. Yeah. So um, so booze and porn made me feel like that, right? Yeah, yeah. You take away the booze, and you take away the porn. You add a little bit of weed, some therapy, some physical fitness too. I got two hands. And I, I got two hands. <laughs> I got, I got two. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <no>! <laughs> but yes, you take away those things, and Kyle no longer feels like a broken toy. Kyle feels like bright, shiny, and new, ready to take on the day. Okay. And that's what brought us here. That's yeah, what got us yeah. to write in the feels podcast because we want to we want to get right in our feels. And get right in your fields. And get get right in your fields. You know, we're going (laughs) to find a good, like, theme for that. We'll find a cool little saying that we'll come up with over time. Leith and I are good buddies, so we have a good flow here. Um, And we're getting about to about an hour here, so I want to start to try and wrap up. Um, One thing that I I was thinking about on the way over, I don't think Mm -hmm. I mentioned it to you, but I will now. Um, I want to do a check-in. Every time we do a podcast, what okay. at the start? So we didn't, do it at the, we, didn't, we didn't do it at the start of this one because we were getting just gotcha. getting the, gotcha. the role for things. But at the start of every podcast, and you guys can join us, we want to do a check in. How are you doing today? How are yeah. you feeling? Yeah. You know, and, and as you're joining us on live, you can type in, Hey, I've been going through this, I'm going through that. And we'll get back to messages as we can I'll here and there. Be on Mighty Lions or yeah. something. I'll we'll be on Holy Smokes re- Batman. We'll respond you can, to you. Yeah, you can find us on there. Now, granted, Disclaimer, we are not therapists in any way, shape, and form. We so do, not, do not take so our advice. Don't not take your medicine. Don't don't do anything. Do what works for you in whatever respect that looks like. You can take what we say with a grain of salt and apply it as needed, but please do not, you know, we are not doctors, psychiatrists, therapists of any kind, shape, or form. So 
just from the jump. We were just two dudes who like to smoke weed, who love music, who want to get better. Exactly. The end. Um, so we're going to do a little check-in. Lathe, how are you doing today? I'm actually doing really well today. I woke up this morning. The sun was shining for like two seconds, but that two seconds was all I needed to like be charged up and ready for the day. Okay. I've been down in the dumps because of all this weather, but yeah, no, it it helped a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm just in a good mood. Just I'm five days now, six six on my sixth day of no wax. Nice. So nice. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, good for you. Six days, no wax, feeling good. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel, I feel fucking great. I mean, I still have a shit ton of anxiety f- from the withdrawal. Yeah. But other than the anxiety and the feeling like I want to crawl in my skin, I feel <laughs> great. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna take time to pass, dude. It, I, I felt a lot like that when I got off booze. When I got off porn, it was really uncomfortable too. Yeah. I still. Even now, I'm like still like a little like. I don't know. I feel I feel a, a mild itch. Okay. It's just a, a twinge. That little. Uh, just a, it's like it's feather. It's just, he's in the back of my head still a little bit. You know, he's that <laughs> the little porn monkey's angry. He's been caged and he doesn't like it. <laughs> but so okay, well that's good, dude. Six days. Yeah. Reporting, you're feeling yeah. good. I, I I like seeing you happy. I like yeah, seeing man. you smiling and feeling good. I don't like when you isolate. I'm back on the strictly flour diet. Yeah, and we got some, and some good flour at that. Right? Good for flour. Good. Yes. Well, good for you, Lath. I'm happy. Yeah. Now you're supposed to ask me how I'm doing. Oh yeah. How are you doing, <laughs> Batman? How Sorry. It's okay. You know what? So on here, I'm Kyle. I was like on fixated here, on the weed. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful weed. It is. On here, I am totally. You know, I am. I am not the on. Well, while my on stage persona is not much different than who I am in real life, it really is just me, just like turning the volume up a little bit. Which is really no change. <laughs> it's just me a little bit louder, a little more extroverted. Yeah. Um, I am entirely just just good old Kyle here. Kyle. Yeah. All right, Kyle. I'm not, yeah. How you doing, uh, Kyle? I'm, you know what, dude? I'm doing. I'm doing fucking grand. I feel amazing. Um, went to uh, Disneyland yesterday with I the girlfriend. Had that. a blast. Drink a. Hey, shout out to Dad's Elixir. Number yeah. one. Let's take a good look at that right there. Okay. Shout out to Dad's Elixir. Um, always. I always. put I put down a half bottle. Okay, I Joanna had a bit of it, but I put down damn near half a bottle of the thousand milligram of Josh Heinrich Orange Dream. Yeah. And when I tell you I was smacked, <laughs> I was smacked. I'm about to do it that was right now. Great. And I'm, <laughs> I'm about home. to do that right now. I was I was great. So yesterday was great. Um, good, good. Uh, went and got a workout in this morning. Me and Joanna, my girlfriend and I've been working out together since since we moved in together. And oh, it's, that's it's, another thing. You a, just moved in with your girl, huh? Yes, yes. That is that is an amazing feeling. Well, she so moved she, in. You guys moved in she, moved, she moved in with me. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yes, shout out to my beautiful girlfriend, Joanna, who made me a delicious breakfast to eat as I got on the road to come out oh, to the podcast. Yeah. Sweet. Um, so we got a good workout in this morning. That's good. That's um, good. Fuck, man. Work's been good. Uh, lifeguarding. So it's summertime. So life, I, I do seasonal You're lifeguarding. You're looking healthier, too. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I feel I it. I see you put in the work at the gym, man. I Dude, I I'm working on fucking this this thing oh, right here. Okay, okay. Tina the this. talking tummy. But <laughs> hey, shout out to body pot to shout out for body positivity, okay? We all have roles when we sit down. No matter what. Everyone, Everybody does. Except for those really, really rare fucking people that are like born with sick six packs. Because yeah, there are well, some naturally skinny yeah, people out man. there. And you know what? 
Shout out to that body positivity that's too. Awesome. They're, they're insecure for their own reasons. That's awesome. Yeah. So like you know, uh, yes, I have lost a lot of weight. Yes, I've gotten in great shape. Thank you for the acknowledgement of that. You're um, I've still got work to do, man, because I like to eat. <sighs> I like to eat. Fuck, you want to talk about eating? I ate some fucking hooey at Disneyland yesterday. I put down a corn dog. I put down a churro. I put down a rice krispie treat with marshmallows and chocolate. And this was all five hundred dollars. No, actually. So, <laughs> so uh, we're very fortunate, Joanna and I. She has a family member that works for Disney. Oh, shit. So we don't have to pay the fucking hump to get in. Okay. Um, and on occasion, we have, like, a discount thingy. So, like, we're not spent. Thankfully, we're not spending our- And we're also, hey, here's a little tip for you theme park folks out there, okay? Pack your food. Take your food with you. Don't go spend the money at the park. Yeah. That's how you end up broke and upset yeah. at the end of the day and going, why did I come here? Yep. Make a sandwich. I swear to God. Sandwiches are or, fucking here, best. If you, if you don't want to make the sandwich, go to Trader Joe's. Go to Ralph's. They got pre-made sandwiches ready to go. A couple bags of chips, some snacks. You're going to be fucking styling. Okay? Ooh. So that's how you do that. So um, overall, man, I, I am feeling like a million bucks, and I just want to get better every day. Fuck yeah. My, next, my main goal right now is fucking I'm trying to get that diet in order. Boy, I like to eat. Okay. I like to okay. eat whatever. I'm a snack. Let's get on a diet. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for us today, guys. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. My name is Kyle. I'm Leif. Thanks for getting right in the fields with us. We'll see Catch you, you guys time. next time.